with Feel Good Music by Day, relaxing music by night. This is Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired. Welcome to the Inspire Radio podcast. This podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the many inspirational and thought-provoking interviews first broadcast on Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio brings you inspirational interviews, news of events, workshops and seminars, plus great music too. Online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Inspire Radio is your truly feel-good radio station. For more information and to listen to Inspire Radio, why don't you check out inspireradio.co.uk. Check out our Facebook page too, where we've got details of events on there. Our Facebook page is at Inspire Radio UK. Now sit back and enjoy this Inspire Radio podcast. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. Hello and welcome to Inspired Conversations with me, Ruth Owen. Today, my guest is Paolo Bafico. Paolo has come from Italy. He's lived in England for 10 years, but lived in Ireland before that. So he hasn't lived in Italy for a long time. And at the age of 55 or so, decided that instead of being a software engineer, he wanted to go into male modeling. So this is an interesting departure, Paolo. So welcome to the show, first of all. Hi, Ruth. Thank you. Nice to be here. So tell me, how did you get into male modeling? Yeah, it was certainly not something that was intended. I had a short spell between two jobs when I was living in Dublin where I kind of stumbled upon doing some background roles in movies, etc. It was, um, I thought initially it was a con and I replied to an agency and I just wanted to go in and, and uh, frankly have a laugh. And, and they were serious and it was an agency called Movie Extras. Um, at the time, a lot of movies were being produced in Ireland and uh, the classic uh, uh, studio was Ardmore Studio in Bray. And I've done a little bit of that. And then I went back to my sort of normal day job, which was a software sales guy, either in management or individual contributor capacities. Mm. And with that job, I moved to the UK towards uh, the end of 2010. And I got to the point around probably about two years ago where I had changed probably and the environment had changed. It wasn't fun anymore, particularly the last job was very disappointing. And someone suggested that maybe I should uh, go back into or approach a couple of agencies here since it was something that would allow me to work on my own terms and also keep doing maybe other bits of work like consultancy work and so on. So how did you get into it? I mean, who did you approach and what did you tell them? A friend of a friend had been a model in her youth, quite a successful one, and then had taken a break from it all because she had raised her children and other priorities had taken over and then had gone back to modeling once the the kids were older. And uh, she introduced me to an agency in Leeds, uh, of all places, called Face. And yeah, they asked me to go and, and meet them and they uh, thought they could get me some work. They introduced me to a photographer called Anton Mello, who's based in Stockport, who also had a lot, has a lot of experience in commercial photography. So he knows what the uh, advertising agencies are looking for. And so I, I invested not a huge amount of money, probably less than £200 in a, in a decent portfolio. And I, I just started to get a little bit of work. 
that's an amazing thing to do, first of all, when you're in your mid-50s. But, but secondly, it must be quite an unusual occupation for, for a man, isn't it? Uh, no, actually, I, I, when I, I was not particularly familiar with, that, with this world. I discovered, first of all, the demand for people of my age group is in, from, in terms of uh, commercial and so on, and lifestyle modeling, as they call it, is increasing. And I don't know whether it's because our lifespan has extended. I mean, we're around a lot more and maybe because at least in theory, we are the people who have a bit more of a disposable income, so to speak. Also, I'm no catwalk model. A lot of the, the, the modeling I do is, you know, um, commercials, catalogs, motorhomes, playing husband in, in some adverts and so on and so forth. So yeah, and there's quite a, quite a few people that do that. And it, it's a nice bunch. So have you met lots of people through doing this that has opened up horizons for you? Well, yes, that's what's one of the, it's definitely been one of the nicest surprises. Number one, I also do some small background roles in TV and movies. So the likes of Emmerdale or Hollyoaks and things slightly more um, and some feature movies, etc. But the nice thing about it is I've met lots of people that have a complete different background from mine. They've come to this for various reasons. Some is just a, for some is just a hobby. Others have just turned a bit like myself. They've made it more than a hobby and it's become almost like the primary occupation. No rivalry, really. We are not, you know, none of us is really self-obsessed and there's not real competition. Actually, I found lots of people who are more established than me in doing this and have done this job for a long time, being very helpful and giving me advice and what agencies to perhaps try and register with and where to look for work and what to do and what kind of jobs to go for rather than maybe turn down and so on and so forth. So it's been great fun in that sense. That's interesting. If the people that you come across, you say they're well adjusted and they're well balanced because the typical image of a model is is a young girl perhaps who doesn't really know who she is and gets buffeted by the demands of the industry and ends up either with an eating disorder or a mental health issue. So how do you avoid falling into that kind of trap? Or are you saying that because you're of a certain age, you're not susceptible to those kind of pressures? I Well, I certainly am not. I, I know my limitations. I'm not under no illusion of being the next Kim Kardashian or whoever. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I see a lot of young girls working for some of the same agencies who might have a a sort of mature model section. And uh, you can tell some of them are, you know, very switched on and you can tell that they are aware of uh, what's going on in the industry. And other ones are a bit more uh, naive. But I suppose the agencies I've worked with, they're all very responsible. They all they look after the, the models that they work with. Face, for example, is run by a lady who used to model herself. So it's also kind of use common sense and get advice and, and, and get perhaps somebody who can mentor you, whether it's your agent or, or somebody who has experience in life in general and make sure you, go, you get pointed in the right direction. There's lots, unfortunately, but it's, it's like any, any other sector, I guess. There are lots of con artists and people who will try and squeeze, for example, a lot of money from uh, young models for portfolios with the promise of getting work. And some of these girls I've heard they've invested sometimes in the thousands with the idea that they will get work and, and work never comes. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important to, to rely on, uh, on agents that are trustworthy and check them out and ask around and, you know, do the, all your good homework before you start, you know, throwing money around. No serious agency will ask anyone to put significant money up front. And the excuse they use is, we can get your great portfolio, we have a great photographer working for us. And of course, they take a kickback from, from the photographer and they charge extortionate amounts. And so that's one, one 
thing to bear in mind. Do a lot of the model agencies, do they have kind of mentors on hand for young girls that are coming into the industry or do they, the girls have to find their own mentors? Well, uh, what I would say is uh, one of the good things of social media is there are a lot of people who are modeling, have been modeling already, maybe even in the uh, so-called mature model section. For example, one person that I've become a good friend of, she's been modeling since her teens and she's now my age. She's got a daughter and husband and she does it more for fun and to, you know, to pay for some of her holidays and so on than, than other than need. And she'd be a great person to ask for advice. So for example, if somebody's been in the industry for a while, you can approach them and you can message them on, on, on social media and ask for advice. And usually I found that a lot of these people are, are happy to help and even just check the reputation of an agency before you approach them, before you go and work for them. Well, finding a, a mentor is, is always yeah. a good idea if you're starting out sure. in any industry. And especially yeah. nowadays, there's a lot of emphasis now on health, mental health and well-being. Yes. I think it seems like the modeling industry is becoming more aware of that. Somebody told me the other day that a model had been disengaged, as it were, because she was suffering from a, an eating disorder. So she had to leave the agency and sort herself out before she came back. Is, is that a responsible yeah. thing to do, do you think? I would have thought so. Um, I think, obviously, bear in mind, you know, we're not employed. We're not full-time employees of, of the agencies and no one is. So uh, the relationship is is not a consistent one. You you get called when you, when you have work. Uh, if there's no job or work opportunities, you might not be in touch with the agency for some time, unless you are a supermodel and is that a category that I'm not familiar with. In which case, they might have just one agent and somebody almost dedicated to them, and and the relationship there might be slightly different. But other than that, you're just a freelance worker yeah. who gets called upon when there is a work opportunity. So it's very difficult to have somebody who will keep an eye on you. But I guess uh, in that sense, any agency will encourage you to live a healthy lifestyle. Make sure about your well-being when you're traveling and when you're spending time away from from your home to work etc so that would be expected and i say for in my case just purely because i i want to stay in, in try and stay in good shape given my the number of years on my on my back it's really been a good thing i've, I've exercised more i've been eating better and so on so you can pin it in, in a positive way and i see uh, i see lots of girls uh that are modeling that maybe, you know, go to the gym more, they, they eat healthier, they understand that it, although their younger bodies might take a, a slightly different level of punishment and absorb it quicker, it's still in the long run, healthy, good balance lifestyle is good for not just for them, but also for, for their career and whatever they want to do. Absolutely. It's a very positive move. Let's just take a break and we will come back in a second and we'll talk more to Paolo. With inspirational guests from across the world... This is Inspire Radio. So welcome back to Inspired Conversations. We're talking to Paolo Bafico about being a model at a certain age. So Paolo, what's the mix of models that you come across? Uh, quite a good mix. There are some uh, ladies in, in my age group that have maybe models all their lives. Some of them maybe didn't have a chance to uh, and they uh, become interested in, and involved in this world because maybe now they have more time uh, on their hands. They have maybe raised a family and so but men as well and uh, some of them maybe 
had had a like myself had a completely different career the, and discovered this sometimes by by accident or maybe because someone they knew uh, was in this industry people have this idea that you know looks are important to a point but it's almost uh, especially in commercial modeling is what the client are looking for so you have people who potentially get quite a lot of work because maybe they have an unusual look or they have a certain ethnicity that is required or sometimes it's a hairstyle or sometimes is a body type or sometimes it's the tattoos or the rugged look and the wrinkles. So it's not necessarily about just, you know, how attractive you are. There's a whole range of people there. And, uh, and I would say both men, men and women. I mean, if you're modeling and you are relying on your looks, no matter how you look, because that's what you're hired on. So does it impact on your self-worth or do you have to work on that as a separate issue and just take things as they come and not take it personally if somebody rejects you because of the way you look? That's a good point. I have to admit, uh, sometimes when you get turned down for a job, especially when the brief is quite specific, so you think, you know, you have a good chance and then you get turned down, it can be disappointing like anything else. And I suppose having generally life, good life experience uh, is important. I can imagine for younger, less mature people, it can be quite moralizing. And I've, and I've seen it happening and people get, get disheartened. And I suppose like anything else, number one is a lot of these things are not within your control. And sometimes it's not whether you look great or not. It's not about comparing yourself to someone else, but it's really what that client or that agency is looking for. And you can't control that. And, and, and the flip side is in other situations where where it happened to me that I applied for something and I didn't think I had a great chance to get to work. I did. And I couldn't really um, explain or rationalize it. It's just a case of the intangible. You know, and sometimes you go to castings as well. And sometimes they might like the personality or it blends better with the mix of people they want to get involved in a certain shoot. So a classic example is if they do a group shoot and there is somebody who looks very much like you or very similar to you, then the chances are they're only going to pick one person out of the two. And it's not a reflection on anything. It's just trying to find the right blend. It's almost like if you put together a football or rugby team, then there are two players who are very similar in their style. It's unlikely they'll both get a chance to play. So you need to be, you know, not let these things get your confidence. The, the only thing you can do is prepare in the best possible way, you know, um, relax and do all the homework, be personable, be like professional, turn up on time read the brief, all the stuff that is within your control that can be done. Try and not be a, a, somebody who is difficult to work with because that reputation travels quite quickly. And once you've done all that stuff, you put yourself in the best position to get work, get picked. And then beyond that, you need to accept that there is an element of unquantifiable that you can't control. That's a great attitude to have. In fact, it's a good philosophy for life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's no point. And it happens if you think about like a job interview same situation you've been uh, you might go for a job thinking you're the best candidate and uh, maybe you don't get it and although the job fits you perfectly and you can only as i said you do your homework and also there's a lot of hustle in this you know if you put your name out there's casting websites there's agencies any interaction you have with them uh, whether you answer your, your phone calls, you respond to emails, you turn up on time. I guess one of the things that has helped me is my background in business means that some of those things for me are bread and butter. I don't have to think about being on time because I would never show up at a meeting late or, you know, in terms of responding to emails quickly or uh, reading the, the brief that I've been given when I have to go for a photo shoot. Uh, so 
uh, if you do all that stuff, you also get a reputation of being reliable. It's not a huge world in the sense that some of the agents are all the same, direct art directors, people move around. So if you start building a good reputation, a network of people that you work with, that also generates more work for you because you've uh, invested in, into being someone who is not only just looks, but has a good attitude, is professional and won't, people let, uh, won't let people down, like in any other job where you're self-employed and you're, and you're a freelance professional. Of course. And you're only as mm. good as your reputation. So it's an investment, isn't it, to invest in, in how you perceive yes. and how you deal with people and, and your resilience. I mean, that's that's what you're talking about, not, yeah. not yes. being too not getting... thrown off course if you don't get the job. But how have you got to that point of being very philosophical about things? Has it come to you gradually over the years or do you think you were born like that? No, I haven't. I haven't been doing this for that long. So probably only for the last couple of years here in the UK. I think having had some ups and downs generally in my life has taught me not to take these things too seriously. We don't, I don't save lives. I work as a, a commercial model. So that's, that's the one. So having a sense of perspective is one. And also like, not taking individual episodes in isolation. So it's very easy to get demoralized because maybe you don't get a job or maybe you have a couple of weeks where the phone isn't ringing or things that you're trying aren't working. But if you look, you know, you know that you've put the correct amount of work. And this is something also I've learned in my previous career. If you do the right things and put the right work in place and ask for help and ask for advice and are consistent in doing that, you know, ultimately it does pay off. If you're not willing to accept this type of environment, which also includes sometimes being rejected or things not being always going your way and uh, you know being busy one week and completely quiet the following one, um, then probably it's, it's not for you. And it's not for everyone, but but again it's as i said it's not we're not saving lives we're we're doing a job it's quite an enjoyable one you get to know lots there's a lot of ups and you get a lot to know lots of different people so you have to either live with it or you can't really change the industry as it is so you just go along with it or disengage so you're doing it because you enjoy it and because you're, you're getting something out of it and how long do you think you will continue to do this until I fall apart, which is probably not very far, far away. Um, I, I don't know. I think um, I've been, I guess, lucky in terms of my genes from, from my parents. And I don't look much different than I looked a few years ago. I think until I enjoy it and until I can get work. You know, I do other bits of work as, you know, as a consultant and so on. So the fact that I do this kind of work allows me also to have other interests and, and do other bits of work. So um, until I feel like I've, I'm bored or I'm not enjoying it or it's or I'm not getting any work, you know, there's no limit. There's people who are modeling, doing commercial models and adverts in, you know, in their 70s and so on. And I met some of them and they have lots of fun on doing it. So... It's also an excuse for me to try and stay active and keep in good shape. And uh, so, yeah, I haven't put a limit to it. It's a good motivator, isn't it? To keep yes. as healthy as you can. Are your uh, parents still yes. around? Yes, they are. Yes. They're in Italy and they're quite old and frail, which is uh, with all that's going on is a bit of a concern. But uh, yes, so they're, they're still alive. That's very worrying. Italy is, is currently in lockdown. Yes. Uh, I've seen them a couple of months ago and I speak to them almost daily but uh, yeah the whole situation is is quite worrying particularly for people like them who are in the uh, at risk category so to speak but we'll see well, well let's take a, a short break and we'll come back after some more uplifting music time for another inspirational quote from inspire radio be happy be inspired one way to keep momentum going is to have constantly greater goals michael 
Recorder. With feel-good music by day, relaxing music by night, this is Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired. Hello, welcome back to Inspired Conversations. We're talking to Paolo Bafico about his career as a male model in his 50s. So Paolo, I want to ask you, you also do some work on television and films. So have you had any funny incidents or things that really made you laugh? The first funny story that comes to mind is I was playing a gang member in a TV series, which will be released soon. It's called Bulletproof, actually the second series of Bulletproof. And I, as a gang member, I had a a fake tattoo on my head and uh, two the classic two teardrops under my uh, right eye and for those who aren't familiar with the the gang's world well, me being one of them uh, each teardrop represents uh, somebody you've you've killed so at the end of a very long shoot uh, we were in london near the docks from 6am till probably 7pm i was asked not to wipe off the tattoo that i had on my on my skull because it's quite a difficult one to reproduce and they only had one of those and i i should point yeah. out that paolo is completely bald I mean, oh, yeah. yes, sorry, yes. You have a shaved head, right? <laughs> Correct. Yes, yes. So, so, so where so was I, the tattoo? Where was, was it on the back? It was of on the, head? the side. Yeah, it was kind of on the side of my head, back and side of my head, sort of above right. my ear as well. So, quite a, quite a large one. And that wasn't an issue because uh, I said I can have a shower without washing my hair. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, so the two teardrops on my face that are actually made with, you know, with makeup. And uh, I should have wiped my face. I didn't. I got on the underground. And I just realized people were giving me funny looks and I was so tired. I didn't realize what was going on. I couldn't really understand why people were kind of peeking behind the newspaper, the book on the underground and then quickly looking down again. And then I realized I had a tattoo on my face that basically said I had previously killed two people. So that was quite, uh, quite funny. Um, other things, I was an armed security guard with you know machine gun and all in a TV series called The Feed, which is being aired in the UK or by Virgin. I think it's Amazon Prime in the US. And the vehicle that was used for the lead character on the series is a prototype Mercedes. I forgot what it's called, but it looks like an up space shuttle. And it's a real prototype of Mercedes car. There's four of them in the world. Wow. I think the cost is 1.2 million pounds. Goodness. And the car was meant to drive off outside a gated property. And the scene involved lots of people trying to go and speak to the to this person who owned this car and, and the press and the security trying to keep them away. And it was getting a bit crowded and people were kind of pushing and, and touching the car. And so the producer burst out of uh, wherever he was. He said, guys, I don't really <laughs> care what you do. Uh, please don't hurt yourself. But most importantly, don't scratch the car because it's, there's four of them and the cost is about £1.2 million. Pounds. And you did some work recently with a famous actor whose name escapes me now. Armand Asante, yes. He's a really nice, lovely guy. I met him on, on the shoot. This is a trilogy that's been filmed. I think the first one has been just previewed in, I think in France and so on. He's of Italian and Irish descent. He's probably in his late 60s, early 70s. Lovely guy from, from New York. I met him last year. We were three, four days on in the same shoot in a place called Selby, which is in Yorkshire. And, and I met him again recently and he remembered me. We you know we um 
power of Instagram. We, we follow each other on Instagram and I sent him a message. Anyway, we ended up standing next to each other whilst they were setting up the cameras and so on. We started chatting. Um, really lovely guy. He was asking me you know, how, I, how I ended up doing this in the UK and where I was from and so on. And it turns out that his uh, daughter was born in the same hospital in New York where my sister used to work a few years ago. So, um, wow. yeah, we had a good catch. Yeah, And I, I offered to be his wingman any night he goes out in New York. Um, <laughs> And that, uh, so he had a good laugh. It reminds me of that film with Al Pacino, mm-hmm. the scent of a woman, where where he's yes. blind and and he has a wingman to yes. Him. Do you find it's uh, an attraction to the opposite sex when you say you're a model? Um, I'm not sure. I think it works both ways. I get a lot of abuse, uh, especially from my male friends. Yeah, from my male friends, of course. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they've seen me. They've seen me scruffy and maybe, you know, with a stubble and, you know, wearing my, my scruffiest clothes, etc. And so then, the, you know, obviously when you present yourself a bit better and you get photographs taken and you look, obviously, if you're a little bit photogenic, you look a little bit better. So they're saying, you know, you know, we've seen the real you. Well, that one doesn't exist. Or I was asked once... <laughs> Who was your younger brother when somebody saw a photograph and they thought I looked, you know, younger than real life? I don't know. I've got people saying, um, I don't know. People have the wrong perception. It's like a lot of the people that do this, certainly my age group, are perfectly normal people. And maybe, yeah, yeah, you need to be a bit photogenic, of course, but that's about it. I don't know if it works in my favor or not in terms of the opposite sex. Sometimes there is also an assumption if what you sell is your image and your face, and that's what you you live off, is you're quite dim and you're quite self-obsessed and arrogant and so on and so forth. So there's an assumption almost that you feel like you're above somebody else because maybe your photograph is on a billboard or in some advert. That's not really the case <laughs> so it can wow. work against you as well yeah it's, it's almost like I, I guess it happens to women you know if you're a very attractive woman sometimes almost you need to justify being bright and attractive it, certainly in the past that's been the case you know and if you're a very good looking young woman there's there was there was certainly for a while an assumption that you had to be uh, a bimbo and i'm sorry if i'm being politically incorrect but that the two things that have absolutely nothing to do with it right so yeah, you know, you're right be yeah a stunning looking girl and extremely bright and have you know three degrees and 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 a phd so you you're clearly busting the myths about attractive people <laughs> that they do have and can have you know, extremely intelligent minds as well what would your takeaway be to people out there who maybe want to pursue a path and they're contemplating whether they're good enough it doesn't matter what area yeah. in life or what area of career yeah. to go in but it seems to me that you have a very balanced view of life and you're quite resilient as well. So if you had to pass on some message to other people, what would you say? Um, I would say I've made lots of mistakes and I'm certainly not an example to, to follow in many ways. But I would say have a go. Don't listen to anyone other than what you would like to do. As much as family, friends, they love us, they care about us. When it comes down to decision about what you want to do with your life, the only person that really knows what you want to do is yourself. So try and uh, block the noise out and the expectations of who you should be and what you should do. There's still a ton of conditioning, which also means some of your friends or some people on social media, just think about what you like to do. Prepare, uh, learn, understand, ask for advice, ask for help. I would say Definitely. I Every time I've asked for help, certainly in this industry, I got something back and uh, not in a selfish sort of greedy way. And, and I think some of the advice that I've received, I've passed it on to other people. So definitely that would be a massive one. Ask 
for help because people are willing to help and then have a go and don't put limits don't start listening to negative self-talk or i'm not good looking enough i'm too old i'm too young i'm too tall too fat too slim not bright enough it's immaterial i've seen people that have been quite successful purely because of their attitude and their work ethic and because they don't give up and they have a ton of confidence and uh, which also is a self-fueling mechanism because if you're confident and you start getting good response then then also that helps you to get more work so I would say those are the three or four things. And the other one is don't expect things to do. Well, I'm going to open a small chapter in social media. If you you know, don't get turned off or you know, use social media in a smart way, which is a huge um, weapon if you use it smartly. And it's not about, and I'm talking about young girls, showing, you know, getting an extra thousand followers because you're putting a photograph that shows how pretty your backside is. Because unfortunately, there's thousands and thousands of girls with a, a pretty backside. But work on connections, your network, uh, following people that can inspire you, learning stuff that will help you doing what you need to do, and use the power of accessing a ton of knowledge that is out there that other people maybe 20, 30 years didn't have. So you'd have to go. Uh, find out stuff that now is as at your fingertips without losing focus and getting uh, obsessed and you know how many selfies you've taken in an afternoon i think that's incredibly good advice for anybody out there it's not just people who want to be models it's anybody oh yeah of course whatever you want to do you have a very wise attitude to life so thank you for your insights no problem no. <laughs> i think you got a lot of wisdom and a lot of good advice to give i was wondering would you consider becoming like a mentor setting up a mentor group for young people especially who maybe feel overwhelmed with social media and what they should be doing and how they should direct themselves and focus their lives yeah no i thought uh, i suppose when i was managing people in, in my sales roles and sales management roles that was one of the things that i probably enjoyed the most i was less keen on corporate meetings and as as they say dancing around handbags talking about the nothing but certainly the mentoring coaching aspect is something that i enjoyed and, and i'm lucky enough to have worked with people and managed people that i'm still quite close to despite the fact that we haven't worked together for a long time and in my modeling i suppose it's also a thing of i've i've come across a few young people that I've given advice to and uh, try to, if nothing else, point them in the right direction and maybe share some of my uh, experience, not just, you know, in the modeling world, I'm, I'm no one, but also in terms of life experience. And mm. and so, yeah, that, yeah, I never thought about it concretely in doing this in, in a more structured way, if you like. But yeah, that could, they, I'd be certainly happy to help anyone uh, on a more consistent basis. Well, thank you for that. And where can people find you? So there's not that many people with my name in the UK, although there's a few. Uh, there's, there's some Bafikos who emigrated from Genoa and they stopped in Wales because they can face going across the Atlantic. Yeah, so I'm Paolo Bafico model on Instagram. That's probably my the easiest way to get hold of me on uh, on social media. Okay. So. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Paolo, and we wish you all the very best in your career and also your take on life. We've enjoyed you sharing your thoughts and your um, takeaways with us. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ruth. I enjoyed the, the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Be happy, be inspired. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to join us as a guest on Inspire Radio. Maybe you'd like to feature on our Inspire Radio directory. 
If you would and you'd like to get in touch, then simply enter your details on the contact page at inspireradio.co.uk. Remember to give our Facebook page a like as well, at Inspire Radio UK. And once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Inspire Radio. And have the best day you possibly can. Be happy, be inspired. With feel-good music by day, relaxing music by night, this is Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired.